Hey there, everyone. I hope everyone is doing okay. Jamie and I decided to do another COVID-19 episode. Um, you know, as, as things are changing so quickly and pretty much every day there's something new, um, we thought it would be good to, you know, have another check-in um, because I'm sure all of you have had quite a month. Um, and, and I just want to reiterate, um, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, if you're teaching, if you're a parent, um, if you're a student in, uh, in AMI training or AMS training, um, if you're working in administration, whatever your job is right now, I, I really understand how hard it is. Um, and I just want to, I want to say like, you're, you're doing an awesome job. Um, so keep it up. The work that all of us educators are doing during this time is historic um, and it's also so important. And I, I've seen firsthand the impact that it's had on families, and, and I'm sure you have too. And, and I cherish those moments. Um, and so in this episode, we we touch base on COVID, um, talk about what we've been doing, um, and, and we come up with some, we, we talk about some other ideas we have for you guys uh, during this time. Oh, it's so crazy. Um, anyway, so always always reach out to us if you need anything. Uh, DM us on Instagram. I've been talking with a few of you on Instagram. Um, send us an email, please. We love to hear from you. And we are really all in this together. So our email is allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. And also, I just want to say, if you are enjoying the podcast, and maybe you know of somebody else who would enjoy the podcast, feel free to tell them about it. You know, I, I want this podcast to serve as, you know, um, as much of a teaching tool as we want it to be, but also just uh, keeping us all together in one community because um, as Montessorians, you know, we're really linked by our passion, right? We're all just so passionate about this. So anybody that you can think of that you want to send it to, please do. Um, and if you like us, you know, write us a little review, always appreciated. Um, and, and we just, we love doing this for all of you. So Hang in there, everybody. I hope you enjoy this episode. And again, we are we are there for you. So reach out to us if you need anything. Enjoy. Hello, Jamie. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing good. I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay. Um, all things considered, uh, you know, still in quarantine. How about you? <laughs> yep. Staying home all the time mm-hmm. with the whole family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same same thing. I think we're, uh, it's been five, five weeks pretty much that we've stayed home. You know, even before the official stay at home order, mm-hmm. we were mostly staying mm-hmm. home. So I think we're, we've hit the five week mark. Right. I've sort of noticed that, um, you know, when this first started, I don't know about you, but, um, it was also new that I had a lot of, you know, creative energy. I was, you know, excited about this time, like what I could do with it. And now that we've been in it for this long, I'm sort of in a lull and I'm trying to get myself back up that there. Right. Because it's like, okay, we're still here. Right. It's sort of interesting to see kind of the the emotions that we go through in this sort of a situation where like, okay, it's freaky, but wow, you know, some time at home with no interruptions. That's 
that's, you know, a gift or, mm-hmm. or immediate panic about it. I mean, there's any number, like we, I'm sure all of you have been going through like just wacky emotions where some days it doesn't seem so bad and some days it feels never ending. It's really up and down. I, I find myself personally and then people that I've talked to, um, everyone's going through something like that where some days you're right. It's not that bad. And other days, um, it's almost like a loneliness, um, or, um, I know we are technically in isolation, but it's that separation. And I think people are really missing like normalcy. So it's like, uh, grieving Mm -hmm. that sort of the way things were sort of thing. Um, and it's bizarre because this is an invisible, you know, killer. It's not like we have, you know, enemy, like a war, you know, it's not like I can see a war outside my window, but I, I know of this, you know, virus, of course, cause I see it all over the news, but yep. I yep. can't, I can't visualize it in front of me, you know? Yep. And it's just, you know, the, it's the, um, the not knowing, and, and when this will end and then how our lives will be different. Like that uncertainty is, uh, is challenging. It's challenging for us as adults. And so, um, you know, it certainly can impact the children as well as they're, you know, especially depending on how we're all handling it around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the midst of all of this, you know, there's still the, our county's calling it the continuity of learning that needs that, you know, we're supposed to try to still provide um, to children so that even though they're not physically at school, they've, there's some attempt to continue learning for them. And, uh, you know, that I've had a hard time with that phrase just because, you know, we know that children are programmed to learn all the time. They're learning right. whether or right. not we are intending for them, you know, doing something deliberate so we can take faith in that the children are learning even at home. Um, but as Montessorians, you know, some of the key things that we use to guide our work are uh, the prepared environment and observation, and the hard part about being a Montessori teacher right now is that we don't have any influence over the environment the children are in, and we don't have the ability to observe them for six or seven hours a day like we did a few months ago. Right, right. We have, I mean, and, and those things are just impossible right now, completely. And even if, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of you uh, teachers have spoke to your parents um, or perhaps uh, emails or anything like that about, you know, maybe how to set up a space at home for your child, for your student or, or whatever to, to work. Um, but it's not the same at all. One thing, they're by themselves, right? They're not, maybe, maybe they have siblings, of course, but they're probably not in the same class if they're siblings. And even that's a smaller number than they're used to. And we all know that elementary, the social component is huge right? Um, that group work. And, and even if you can do the group lessons on Zoom, it's just a totally different feel. Um, and, and while maybe the child has a desk at home or a corner in a room that they can work, 
Um, it's not the same as being in a prepared environment because there's so many careful elements that go into the Montessori prepared environment. Um, and that's, that's not, that's gone right now. However, what Jamie, what you were saying is completely right. The children are continually learning regardless of anything we do. Mm -hmm. They're learning all the time. So that's something that I think is, um, it gives me a little peace of mind during this, during this time, because I feel so sad for these children that can't be in their classrooms. I feel so sad for the teachers. I mean, it's just, it's so, so it, I hate, I hate that it's happening, um, to these, to these kids. Um, but that gives me a little bit of peace of mind. Like I said. Yeah. I mean, this is heartbreaking and it's happening worldwide. So, you know, this is, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you know, we've put pause on regular life around the world and everyone for the rest of our lives who've been through this, everyone's going to remember this experience and recognize why, you know, why the there's a gap on a transcript or any number of other things. You know, that's, it's just, it's now going to be, you know, a part of life moving forward. So there's no need to panic about the, you know, the long-term you know, effects of this on children, we're, you know, we're going to make up for it when, when we can get back to a, a some sort of new kind of normal uh, together in classrooms, um, you know, and children are extraordinarily resilient. So that's, it's easy to feel worry about that, that, oh, you know, your child's going to end up being way behind or, or whatever. But, um, it's literally every child in the world right now. So there's not, no right. one's going to be all, behind because we're all, right. we're all in the same boat. We're we all really dealing are. with the same, the same thing. And, you know, part of what our work as is, is Montessori teachers is to support a child's self-construction. That's, that's our primary work. You know, that's what we're, we're helping children build themselves. And, you know, the thing is, they can still build themselves without us there. That's, you know, right. they'll, they'll be doing that, you know, and they don't have the environment we've carefully prepared to respond to their needs, even if we don't observe what they need. That's the nice thing about the way we structure our classrooms and our approach. Um, and so those two big components we don't have. We can talk with parents about how to do those things at home. Uh, so, you know, I hope that uh, that teachers and administrators have been giving parents some, you know, guidance on, on what to observe for. So observe for those human tendencies and characteristics that are specific to the developmental plane um, and, and what they can do when they see some of these characteristics, um, and, and what they can do to prepare the environment, you know, a child size table and chairs, mm-hmm. a lot of practical life work available to children at home, whatever age, you know, move things down to low cupboards so children can reach it and prepare their own food, uh, clean up their own dishes, uh, do their own laundry, feed the household animals, uh, load the dishwasher, any of those sorts of practical life um, activities are, are really important for children and can be a, get a good chunk of their workday at home. Absolutely. And I think too, I think a lot of parents don't realize that all that work of the home are just things we do every single day in the classroom. So Mm-hmm. While I think parents might be a little thrown off by, oh my, really? Like my child could help with the laundry? Yeah, 
Definitely. Like 100% because they're probably doing something laundry related at school. Um, and I think, I think including them in those, um, household chores, um, one, it's great for the long run for them. Those practical skills will serve them forever. And also it's helpful for you in at home right mm-hmm. now. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it kind of creates the, you, you can make your own community with your family. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, with those observations and, you know, that contact you're having with parents and use that to your benefit so you can continue that conversation um, because these parents have just been thrown into homeschooling with no preparation, like figure it out. Bye. It's like we were in school one day and then the next we were just, we weren't right. Um, With no warning and everybody's just had to just kind of go into improvisation mode. Um, And since we've been in it for about a month, you know, you know, hopefully they have a routine down, but they, they could still be trying to figure it out. Um, so having patience with your parents and also just really trying to be there for them. And if you are a Montessori parent, reach out to your child's guide, like no hesitation, reach out because I know that they want to help, um, and, and help you, you know, help the child because in the long run, once you get that routine down or some semblance of a little bit of normalcy at home, things will run smoother. Um, and especially if you're working from home too, uh, your child needs that independence. So you can work, right? It's a functioning relationship at home. Like I have to do my work. You need to do your work or keep yourself busy too. Um, and, and their work can, like we're saying, it can, it can look, it can be a ton of different things. I don't mean that they're writing a report every day. Maybe one day they wash the windows or they polish some shoes or they do the laundry or they play outside or, you know, whatever. Um, it can look, it can be a lot of different things that they're, that they're getting into right now. I think there's a balance between that sort of routine and then a lot of flexibility. I mean, the key Mm -hmm. I would keep in mind for, for guides and for parents right now is for elementary children in particular, to help to maintain their sort of curiosity and excitement about the world. So that can be through the books you read together, the uh, nature videos you watch, the um, the walks through the neighborhood, but but encouraging that curiosity and critical thinking. So having children, you know, at, don't <clears throat> answer all their questions right away, like, Ask more questions in return. Get them to think more and probe deeper uh, and come to their own conclusions. Those are really useful things that we can do in our conversations with children. And that's a lesson. That's a learning opportunity. So uh, for parents or other adults who are, are with children right now, it doesn't have to be, you know, that you've sat down presented something and assigned some work, you know, that's that Mm -hmm. it can be a a powerful probing conversation uh, or an exploration of the different, you know, shapes of leaves you can find in the backyard. And you don't even have to know the names of those shapes. You can just inspire the children to use a critical eye to look and find all the different shapes of leaves. And then Perhaps they could go find out if those different leaf shapes have names or or any numbers of things like that. So um, as much as we can encourage that sort of curiosity, that's what I would support teachers doing. And hopefully all teachers of elementary children are meeting 
one-on-one with each child every week to have a conversation, either by phone or video chat of some sort, and uh, and and encouraging parents to support that. I think that's a big key, you know, be- <clears throat> because the reality is, again, we don't have the observation. We don't have the prepared environment. So anything else we do for children now war- is, is, becomes adult-imposed, um, mm-hmm. which kind of goes against our principles. So we have to approach that really cautiously in this distance learning environment of um, offering things that could inspire their interest without um, requiring or making it sort of a, a whole class expectation or whatever. It's a delicate, delicate balance right now um, because, of course, we feel like we should be providing something so that parents still pay tuition or the the f- state and federal funding still comes through because we're offering instruction. <clears throat> but also, we don't want to sacrifice all our principles and, you know, push a packet of worksheets toward the children. And the challenge of some of that, too, uh, if we are assigning more work, is that, again, we don't know the home environment. So we don't know the stress or anxiety that's placing on the home. Uh, and we want to be really careful. I mean, you may have a sense of each child's home environment, but we have to be really careful to be thoughtful and equitable in this work as you know, as we consider what each home can manage. Um, and that's, you know, it's hard enough to do when we see the children every day. Those of us that work particularly in very diverse uh, neighborhoods, but it's even harder when you're, when you're not seeing the children every day. So just be really sensitive and understanding of all of that. You know, um, nothing should be required right now. Um, right. That's such a great point. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, asking like we're talking about worksheets and stuff like that. What they, people might not have a printer. Um, you know, th- there are certain things like that that you really need to, you know, just keep in mind. Um, because not only is that stress inducing, but it also is quite um that's not going to make your student feel, you know, feel good, right? If they can't do the work that that the, their classmates are doing. If right. they if they can't necessarily join each Zoom call right. or if if they're unable to use a computer because maybe they only have one in their in their um, in their house. So um that's that's such a vital thing to remember. Um and also to to remember that, you know, Zoom is great, but it is not the only way we can communicate with each other. Um, there are things still called telephones that we can use to call mm-hmm. um, because all I mean, sometimes all it is is just like listening to the child and asking what they're doing that week or how they're doing. Or, yeah. you know, what are you up to today? I mean, just that personal relationship piece is huge right now um, because, of course, the children are desperately missing their teachers. Um, and and um, yeah, you just you don't want to go down that path of uh, just doing a blanket assignment. Um, because one, one, that's not going to cater to all the needs of your children. And that's not what we do in Montessori anyway. So just because there's a global pandemic doesn't mean we need to go, go to places that we don't really, that just, they don't align with what our Montessori values are. Yep. Um, 
No, and I think if you're thinking about the importance of the prepared environment, what we can do is start thinking about what what are some things that are present in most home environments, maybe not all, but most, and start thinking of ways we can adapt our approach to some of those things. So, for example, measuring cups. I would I would guess that a lot of homes have some sort of measuring cups or measuring spoons, and that could be a way we could present some fractions to children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if most, you know, think of things that children can do with a deck of cards. There's all sorts of math practice, both math facts and other sort of uh, sequencing things that you can do with a deck of cards or uh, some dice um, if people mm-hmm. have dice at home. You know, so try to think of things that you you might expect to be able to find in most homes that then um that can be used to support some of the learning. Um, I think that's a big key. And I'm seeing, you know, on all the different social media and whatever, I'm seeing that teachers are trying to do lots of amazing things. Um, so I know mm-hmm. that all of you are working your tails off. And and I know that you're getting um, a variety of different pressures from administrators and parents and whatever. And you're trying to navigate all of that while living at home with your whole family stuck there as well. Um so don't uh, judge yourself for what you're doing, but just uh, it's a good time to sort of step back again and say, okay, we now know that most of us, I think what is 31 states have closed school for the rest of the year, that most of us are home for the rest of the year. And so how do you want to sort of step back and, and structure it now? And I really encourage to um, providing plenty of asynchronous opportunities for the children, meaning that there's stuff they can do that doesn't have to happen at one particular time during the week. So record yourself reading, um, Mm -hmm. record a presentation that they could watch later, because we also have to remember that like the, um, that, you know, not every household has an electronic device for every child so that everyone could be, you know, follow their schedule as they need to, right? Like, so if there's three children in a house and two parents working from home and all five of them have a Zoom call at nine o'clock in the morning, but they only have two devices, um, that's a problem. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> right. Um, so that's the other thing to consider. Uh all the things that you could do that children can watch it as it works in their schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and then doing some check-ins on that. And I would say lots of communication from you as the guide and administrators to just check in. I can say that um, my younger daughter who's still in high school has one teacher in particular who is sending out twice a day emails and she loves it. You know, and it's to all of his classes, so it's a huge group. But he, you know, he's sort of talking about his goals for the day, and then he's talked about, well, he didn't meet this goal, but that's okay. You know, it's just, it's very, um, it's very sweet, and she's really appreciating it. And so, you know, if a 16-year-old is enjoying that sort of connection, imagine, imagine what an (laughs) 8-year-old would appreciate that. So those kinds of things... um, I think are really useful in helping children feel safe and connected and loved during this time, no matter what the prepared environment or not prepared environment they're living in right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important piece of everything, isn't it? I mean, 
the academics, I mean, that that's just going to be what it's going to be right now. But the love and connection for your students, for yourself, for your family, that's number one right now, because we're really working through a historic moment mm-hmm. um, that no one has ever experienced before. So there's a lot of time right now to just become overwhelmed and stressed. And, and during that time, I just I urge you all to just take a step back and kind of think about what we're going through um, and, and have patience with yourself. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, reach out to one of your administrators and just talk about that and maybe try to restructure things for yourself, um, you know, because everybody's going to handle this in different ways. Um, and, and we all need, um, we all need ourselves, you know, to, to make it through this, you know, with our mental health in check, you know, with, without, um, without really damaging that, because this is, this is really hard. Um, and so all of you, you know, teachers, parents, administrators, guides, I mean, you are doing 110% and we're walking through just uncharted territory. Um, and also trying to maintain a sense of calm, you know, for your students or your children, you know, because your children just look to you in, in times like this. Like, what do I do? Um, and, and we don't even know. Um, so, you know, I commend all of you for that and we're going to be all right. But I just I think it's really important to give yourself a break mm-hmm. um, because this is really, really tough. So, you know, maybe. Maybe there's one day where you feel really great about a lesson you recorded or a Zoom call. Maybe another day you don't feel so great, but it's okay. Um, it's all right. Um, just like in the classroom, some days I would give a lesson. I'd be like, that was so good. And other days I would have had to go back and get my album. Maybe I messed up in the lesson. Do the children know? No, right. they don't know. <laughs> they have no idea. Um, and that's something to remember that, you know, your children are always going to be forgiving. They are, They're, they love you. They are resilient. Um, and most importantly, they just need that connection right now and that, that support. Yep. Yeah. And the, re- you know, and remembering they've got human tendencies that are guiding them, right? Like they're, they're driven to explore and to orient and they're driven to work and to move and use their hands. So, so reminding ourselves of those tendencies the, and, and re- reminding ourselves that we can see those tendencies in action no matter where they are. So, you mm-hmm. know, if a child's really interested in exploring right now, we'll get them outside and let them spend a few hours exploring. That's worthwhile work time. Um, if a child is wanting to explore, you know, the cosmos, then get them some resources on, uh, on the universe and, and read it with them or share or, you know, find it a great nature video. I know I recommended before, I think the website, um, the crashcourse.com, which has great little like 10 minute videos, uh, super entertaining about all sorts of things. And I would, I would use those. They're great little lessons, um, great resources to have at home. And those could be conversation starters for parents uh, and other caregivers at home and, and for guides to have with children in their, in their weekly discussions. So I think um, being innovative about how we respond to those tendencies in this, you know, without the environment and the other things that we plan on having for children 
um, is, is a key right now. And then, yeah, being patient and knowing that it's not going to be six hours of productivity a day because it's, you know, I have my older daughter. Oh, my, my older daughter's in college and she has a few days a week where she does have, you know, close to six hours on zoom calls. And that's rough. It's rough. That's hard. Mm -hmm. That's exhausting. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't recommend trying to, uh, to do that at any age level, but particularly at the elementary. Um, you know, we just, we still can't, we have to maintain that absolute faith we have in children's ability to build themselves. Remember, that's why we do this work, mm-hmm. because we believe that wholeheartedly. And when we believe that wholeheartedly, we don't have to be as scared by this little interruption to to school because we know children can build themselves. And this is true even for those children who we're worried about, even for those children who struggle in some way or another. Um, you know, maintaining your relationship with them, inspiring their curiosity and excitement and is is going to be the key to helping them, you know, uh, get where they need to be in the future. So um, it's hard, no question. This is uh, hard to be away and certainly not what I would <laughs> recommend as the ideal, but we don't have control over mm-hmm. that. You know, so so this is the safest and best thing we can be doing for our entire world population right now to be staying home and staying mm-hmm. away from each other. And and so we have to sort of adapt and and still maintain that faith in children. And when we have that faith in children, um, then, as we all know, then the rest becomes really easy and straightforward because we just know that they're capable of this. We know it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They, they are. I mean, so it's hard. It's hard for us as adults. We feel so responsible. We feel so worried. We feel worried about the world. We feel worried about each little <laughs> person in our care. Um, we know that some homes are better, you know, or some homes are are harder to be in and that are under more stress than others. And we worry about that. Um, and that's just we just have to accept that's what it is right now. And what we can do is maintain those connections to those children, whatever way we can through regular calls with them through sending them, you know, messages and emails and, um, and videos or, you know, all sorts of things to stay connected and knowing that we can, we can build from this when we're all in person again. Exactly. Oh, what a lovely day that will be. Um, whenever that is. (laughs) I know. I know. I, but hang in there, everyone. I mean, this is, Again, you know, everyone's saying it, but we do have to really take this seriously. Like, no, no one's ever gone through this before. Right. So we have to give right. ourselves a little bit of grace. We have to give the children some grace and the parents, certainly. And, you know, we've said it time and again, but communication's the key through all of this. It really so, is. you know, and just like in the classroom, sometimes a lot of the lessons you give in a particular week to some children are not the academic ones. Mm. You know, they're, they're conflict resolution lessons or how to, you know, talk to your friend or interact. You know, there's any number of like s- social lessons that we give. And that could be this 
time too, you know, that you might be on a call with a child and you're helping that child, you know, navigate how to communicate with the older sister or how, you know, I mean, there's any number of things like that. And those are all important lessons. I mean, we're seeing, I think, quite clearly right now, how important it is for uh, the world to have adults who can communicate effectively and work collaboratively. Yes. Um, and Some are doing better than that's others. That's <laughs> sorry. Right, and what we hope in our work with children uh, is that we're helping them to build themselves into people who can collaborate. Um, so I think, you know, that's a that's a really important thing that can emerge out of this time too, if we focus on those on those conversations. Since we all have to collaborate a lot more at home, since we're right. All here, right. all, all the time, all the time. And also, <laughs> also remember that um, you know repetition is a is a huge component in um, in our classroom. So I, I don't want um, teachers to feel like they have to just keep reinventing new, 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 new. You can you know remind a child about something they were working on three weeks ago, or a month ago, or two months ago, or whatever. Um, because you know we we really need them to work with those materials continuously. And while we don't have the materials right now, you know, you know, they can work on those those concepts, those components. I just don't want um, want you guys or you guys. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I don't want teachers to feel like they have to continually, you know, present a new lesson or a new story or, or something new, because that's also exhausting right now. I think it's a balance, you know, of uh, reintroducing things or reminding, but also, you know, sparkling in some new some new things as well. Um, because yeah. all of that is exhausting anyway in the classroom and what we're in, in the environment we're in right now. Um, and also, um, even though it's a strange time, we are winding down for the year, technically. Right. Um, so remember that too. Like they, they have been in the classroom for most of the year, um, which I guess is a silver lining in the timing of all of this, that it happened now instead of, you know, in, in the fall. Or, or something like that, which that's one of the most important times in our classrooms is the, is the beginning of the school year. Um, so that's something I think to be thankful for that it happened in March, you know, instead of October or something. Yeah. Yep. And remember, too, districts around the country are making major exceptions to things. So yeah. my niece, who's grad- supposed to graduate from high school, is graduating from high school this spring doesn't have to do fourth quarter at all. Mm. Period. She's still, wow. you know, that you know, the grad graduating class will still get that diploma. So districts around the country are making all sorts of different decisions about how to handle mm. that and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, colleges are not requiring SAT scores for fall 2021 admissions, you know, because students can't get out and take the SAT. Right. So lots of, you know, huge major exceptions are being made. Um at a really big sort of level. And so we can, we can be okay with the little, the little exceptions we're making in the work we do at the elementary. That's important to remind parents about that, you know, that we, um, we're gonna, we are gonna get through all of this, but you know, we are gonna make some exceptions to things and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, children survive the summer without new knowledge and, and lessons and we work on it when we're back together in the fall. So that's what, you know, we can hope for um, as we look 
not too far to the future right now because we just we just don't know yet. So that's okay. Just take one day at take one <laughs> day, day at a time. Yeah. Day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. Oh man. Um well yeah. So everybody, I hope you're hanging in there. Um if you have any questions, comments, anything, um, please email us. Um, all things Montessori pod at gmail.com. If you have any ideas or anything like that, oh my gosh, please, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also direct message us on Instagram. Um, our account is just at all things Montessori. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we're so grateful for our community. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. I mean, Jamie, we've been doing this, uh, has it been a year yet? Over a year? I don't know. Uh, well, I think we started about a year ago, but we didn't release anything until last fall. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Right, because we were, we were nervous. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's all coming back now. Um, but yeah, thanks for everybody for just coming along with us on this journey. We're, we're so grateful. Um, I love seeing everybody who's listening and and liking us on our Instagram and, and things like that. Anybody who's emailed us, like, thank you so, so much, because this is such a joy for us to sit and talk about this, because I think it's um, community is always important. It's it's very important right now. Um, and the Montessori community is really banding together, um, which is fantastic. Um, so again, I hope you guys are all doing okay. And we're here for you if you need, if you need anything. So yeah. yeah, take care. Take care of yourselves and your families. Stay well, stay safe. And um, if you have things that you think are working really well for your online learning classes, you know, shoot the, shoot us an email so we can, yeah. we can share that with others. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear. All right. Well, hang in there. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>